Hey, this is Kyle Papadum. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this encourages you and helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. Check this out. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. That's it. That's all I'm going to take you through today. We may look at a couple of other verses, but that's going to be the crux of what we're going through. Today, my message title is Get Your Hopes Up. Let's pray real quick. Father, we invite you into this space, whatever space that may be, bedroom, office, kitchen, living room, um, and we pray that you would speak. God, I pray that what you want said would be said. You would um, open ears to hear what you're trying to say to us this morning. We love you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. Hey, go ahead and type amen in the comments. We're going to keep interacting. We loved doing that last week. Thank you so much for watching with us. In some of my studying uh, for this series, I got to sit down with about 12 different people and hear their stories, the stories of anxiety and frustration. And this morning, I want to share one of them with you. I'm not going to give you their name, uh, but I did get the permission to share this with you. I was talking with them. And they said, my anxiety may not have been as bad as others, but it still deeply affected me. I was dealing with anxiety that stemmed from sexual sin in my life. When I asked them what it feels like to be anxious and to deal with anxiety, they said, it feels like being on a roller coaster, like go all the way to the top and then stop. You just stay at the top and your stomach and your body are tense and you just stay there. It's uncomfortable and eventually it becomes normal. That their, their normal was our tense. And so then from there, they could build. And, and when things got more and more uh, tense, they would continue to just build in that, in that stomach gut-wrenching uh, frustration. They said it was both a mental and a physical stress. For them, it was a little less mental than their body reacting. They said, I shut down as my body went into a stronger and stronger fight or flight mode there were some thought patterns and beliefs that needed to change. I needed to get down to what I believed and bring God into that. In the time of my most anxiety, I believed that I was unlovable when I sinned. They also said I could find, I found security for my life in relationships where I put relationships above God. I found more comfort in going to other people than to going to God. And while I knew that wasn't right, I acted as if it were. I had unresolved anger that led me to seek other relationships that would numb that pain in me. I knew the truth in my head, but I was acting like I believed differently. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about cognitive dissonance, the, the act of thinking one thing but doing another. There begins to be this tension and a pull in our spirits. But I love what they said as they, as they closed their conversation with me. What really helped heal me was opening up my issues to the power of Jesus. Yeah. I needed to give God the authority to change things in my life. Yeah. I'm going to step on some toes here, so bear with me. But I want to tell you, anxiety is not a stress problem. It's an alignment problem. Anxiety is only cured by being in right alignment with Christ, with letting him speak into your life. And are you aligning yourself with who God says he is in your life? And are you aligning yourself with God's will in your own life? Anxiety also isn't a circumstance problem. 
It's a control problem. I was reading an article by Bill Galtier. He's a uh, psychologist uh, that we're actually going to get to hear from next week. He and his wife, Christy, will be joining us for our panel discussion. But in one of his articles, he says, anxiety is a problem of control. Anxious people are trying to control their emotions. They are also trying to control situations, what other people think of them, because these things may stir up uncomfortable emotions. I don't know about you guys. Do you guys have uncomfortable emotions that you have to deal with? It's really weird. I don't like dealing with some of my own emotions. And what I've realized in my own study is this is where my anxiety comes from. Not letting myself properly feel things. Things, by the way, that Jesus gave me to feel. Like, anxiety is a God-given emotion, and I'm allowed to feel this way. I'm allowed to feel stressed. But the release comes when I learn how to properly deal with it. When I'm in community, when I'm sharing my heart with other people, So check this out. Bill goes on to say, so undoing the negative effects of chronic buildup of anxiety takes time. Not time alone, but time with treatment that includes care from others, yourself, setting boundaries, and using relaxation techniques. Now, I want to dive into this next week more with Bill because he's just a wealth of knowledge. He and Christy have taught me so much in my own life. But I want to point something out. Our verse up here says, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. So Bill says the way to undo buildup of anxiety is time spent with treatment that includes care from others. It takes time. Isn't it funny that our verse says, have patience in trouble. God isn't always going to just snap us out of our problems. Sometimes he's going to walk us through things. Sometimes he's going to let us learn things along the way that as we get to healing, we won't just be healed. We'll actually have a wealth of knowledge that we get to draw from. Then he says with treatment that includes care from others, that's community. That's why we push small groups so much. That's why we want you to get involved in in these groups and have conversations with others. We want you talking to people during the week because it takes the care of a community to grow. He says it takes time being alone with yourself, alone time. That's that private time, your devotional time. Then he goes on to say setting boundaries. This is something that our culture really has a hard time with. And I don't know, it's not just the secular culture, maybe it's just me, but I am also having a hard time in this season setting boundaries. I'm having a hard time making sure I get up every day at the same time. I'm having a hard time making sure that my schedule stays straight. Now, luckily, I've got a kid who's kind of like an alarm clock. He's going to wake me up, so I do have to get out of bed, but we have to set boundaries, and, and I think we have to set boundaries in our own anxiety. We don't let our minds spiral. That's why this entire series is called Stop the Spiral, Disciplining Your Mind in a World of Anxiety. We don't want to talk about this as a culture. We don't want to talk about it as a church, but it's going to take disciplining ourselves to get out of anxiety. Now, it's not you disciplining yourself on your own. It's you disciplining yourself in the things that God has called us to do. Then he actually says, using relaxation techniques. Now, I'm going to have him walk us through one of them. Uh, He and Christy taught me this a couple of years ago, and it's been a huge uh, part of my devotional life. But I think it's interesting that he says, Uh, It takes relaxation techniques. And yet within our own faith, we have this thing called Sabbath that's built in. In fact, it's one of the Ten Commandments. And God the Father himself modeled this for us. He showed us what it means to relax. He showed us what it means to, to set aside the first day of the week to rest, to 
take care of yourself, to enjoy his presence. But it says at the beginning of the verse, rejoice in our confident hope. Hope, I, I, I realize, is something that we say in church a lot, like hope. But we don't actually have a, a definition for what that means. So this morning I want to share with you like a good working theological definition of hope is a quiet and calm confidence and an assurance that God is moving even when you can't see it or feel it. The problem with many of us is that we struggle uh, with our hopes being too low because we're managing our disappointment. We don't want to get our hopes up because we read the scripture that hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. So rather than hurting ourselves by getting our hopes up, we just learn new ways to manage our disappointment. But get this, it is impossible to please God without faith. What is faith? Hebrews chapter 11 says, now faith is being sure of what we hoped for. I've got news for you, Legacy Church. It's time to get our hopes up. We've got to start feeding our hope in our own lives. The Amplified Version riffs on this. Faith comprehends fact, uh, what cannot be seen by the physical senses. So faith says that is true even though I can't see it, even though I can't feel it, even though I can't experience it. So when your anxiety causes you to feel numb or all you hear is static, faith rises up and takes over for you. We need to build our hope. We need to build our faith. I believe that God wants to heal and I believe that God wants to do something big. And that's not just me saying that as the pastor. I'm saying I truly believe that God's will for your life is to be in alignment with him. That's going to bring the peace. That's going to bring the healing that he intends for you. I think also God, God loves it when we ask big things. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just wonder how tired God gets of hearing, can you do this and can you do this? Like, when was the last time that you really hoped for something? You really believed and you really prayed into something that was huge. I'll be honest with you. I'm praying multiple prayers right now that scare me to death, that if God actually answered them today, I don't know that I would know how to handle it. When was the last time you prayed a prayer like that? When was the last time you guys prayed a prayer like that? Because see, I really believe that God wants to do something big. I believe that he wants to do big things. He loves collaborating with us. He says, we are co-laborers in Christ. I love this. He even offers us a role in our own healing. If the struggle is anxiety, then the cure is the presence of God. The presence of God can only be enjoyed if you're in it. So therefore, you get to take place in your own healing by being with God. How cool is that? I know we spent some time on it last week, but uh, I want to spend, we need to spend more time in prayer. If you're spending time in counseling, that's awesome. Keep going. If you're spending time talking with a pastor, please continue to do that. But whatever time you spend on on those conversations, spend double, triple, quadruple that amount of time with God. Take the same frustrations, the same things that you're wrestling with with people and take them to God. The same thing that you and I would sit down at the table and talk about, those things need to be talked about with Christ. With the same intensity and the same amount of time. Um, People, I I have heard this in in my study, um, people like to say, uh, telling me to pray is so cliche. It's generally the ones that are saying that prayer is cliche, that are praying the least and need it the most. (laughs) See, there's a loop to prayer. Check this out. Prayer feeds your hope. 
right? When you spend time in prayer, you have the ability to begin to hope for things that maybe you couldn't before. You begin to, to build your hope. Then hope builds your faith. If faith is the evidence of things that we hope for, then building your hope means you're building your faith. Then faith propels you to pray. So do you see the, do you see the loop? That if you pray, it builds your hope and your hope builds your faith. And if you build your faith, you want to continue to pray. There's this loop that we get stuck in. I was talking with another uh, person in one of my interviews. She said, even through the middle of the struggle or the attack, invite the Lord into it. Because even if you don't fully get healed, you can be at peace with yourself. He's still working in you. He's still constant and he's still carrying you. Even if it doesn't go away, he can use it to bring glory to him and heal others that are struggling with it. She said, sharing your story is powerful and healing within itself. So I want to encourage you, if you're struggling with anxiety, with fear, with doubt, I want to encourage you to, to reach out and tell somebody. Share your story. It is so freeing. It is so exciting to hear, I'm not the only one who deals with this. I, I love feeling not alone. That's why you guys are here today. I hated preaching by myself. This is so much fun. Uh, faith without works is dead is what James chapter two says. And then faith is the evidence of things hoped for. That's what Hebrews says. So we need to get our hopes up, get them off the floor, wake them up. In fact, my dad used to have this saying as a kid, um, he would, he would <laughs> walk down the hall and knock on all the doors and he'd go, hot dog boys resurrect. Yeah. Yeah, you would. <laughs> what would it look like if we walked through the halls of our lives and said, hot dog boys resurrect, let's get our hopes up. I want to show you a, uh, I want to show you a, a prayer of hope that I found. Uh, this guy is, is a hero of mine, but I, I love him not because he's an incredible prayer, but because there's only two verses in the entire Bible about him. And God chose to put this in to encourage us during this time. First Chronicles chapter four, there's, uh, there's a season in which Israel is divided into two different parts. And this, uh, this is written in that time in the, in the Chronicles. It says, there was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. It's kind of a bummer of a name, isn't it? <laughs> like, this is painful. I'm going to name you painful. Just as a constant reminder. But check this out. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. He prayed and God answered. The end of this verse says, and God granted him his request. That's the end of the story of Jabez. He prays this one prayer. He gets described as being born into pain and he prays and God answers. It's one of the greatest, fastest testimonies in the entire scripture. And I just wonder how many of us are taking this same posture in prayer. That we're saying, oh, that you would bless me. Are we just going to God with our anxiety saying, take this away from me, take this away from me? Or are we saying, God, I trust you in what you're doing. I want to learn the lessons that you have for me. Now, would you bless me? Would you expand my territory? What's he praying for there? Influence. 
I remember when we started uh, praying for the church and, and, our, and our launch team was beginning to grow, um, we were all praying for influence. In fact, we kind of started talking about this sphere of influence. Some of you guys were with us when we started talking about that. The sphere of influence. Anybody in, in your workplace, your home life, your friends group, like your sphere of influence. This is what he is saying. He's saying, expand my territory. It's not just give me more land. He's saying, give me more influence, not for my name, but for your name. Then please be with me in all that I do. Promise me you're never going to leave me. Then he says, keep me from all trouble and pain. You can start your life out in pain. Your circumstances can be birthed in pain, but the outcome is peace. That's what God's saying. Because he answered and it says, God granted him his request. There's another prayer that I want to help you pray. Because sometimes, I don't know, do you guys ever get caught in this? Where like, you don't know exactly what to pray. I'm there sometimes where like words fail me and I feel, I feel like, ah, God, I'm supposed to be praying to you and I don't know what, what to say right now, but give me the words. I like to use somebody else's prayer sometimes just to kind of get me started, you know? So I remember in, in high school, my youth pastor, his name was Ben. He's a great friend. Um, he had this, this prayer that he prayed every single week during our youth group. And he would always invite the entire audience to pray with him. He would say, if you know this prayer, pray it with me. Dear Lord, help. Amen. That was the entire prayer. But I just wonder, like, how many times are we going through our life and not praying help? How many times are we going through and not inviting Christ into the situation that we're going through? What would it look like if we actually stepped into work and said, dear Lord, help? What would it look like if we stepped into our family situation? I don't know if you guys are dealing with stress being quarantined together, but we kind of can at times. What would it look like if we stepped into our family situations at the dinner table and just started the conversation with, dear Lord, help. Amen. Now, I'm going to get a little deep, so hang on. I, I promise to let you breathe in a second. In my study of this, I found that there is a section, uh, there's this state known as superposition. And this is in a study of, of quantum physics. So, your boy's been studying. <laughs> superposition is the ability that we have as humans to step back from ourselves and watch what is happening in real time. You know that, that ability that you have to say like, I need to fix my jacket because you just know that something's wrong, because you're able to step back from the situation. Oh, I'm not saying this right. I need to, like, you get in your head. That's kind of what we call it, right? You're getting in your head. Well, check this out. Um, invite God into the superposition of yourself and let him coach you on how to hope in those situations. So when you're going through something that is, is triggering your anxiety, Step back for a second, even though you're still in this situation, and look and say, God, I need you right now to coach me. How am I supposed to handle this uh, and, uh, anxiety? How am I supposed to handle this stress? How am I supposed to handle this situation in my life? When you feel anxious, you can rejoice in this hope because you have spent time building it in the presence of God. This blew my mind when I started studying it, the superposition thing. Because there's so many times as, as a, um, 
I don't know, as a guy, as a, as a pastor, as a, as a human, that I spend actually viewing myself in front of people. Like, I'll actually take a step back and, and audit what I'm doing in real time. And it is in those moments when I invite God into that conversation that the most change happens. It's in those times that I feel the most peace, that I know what to do. He gives me like this instantaneous thought, I need to handle it this way. I'm not by any means downplaying therapy or medication, but what I am saying is the presence of God is so powerful that he's actually calling us into it. And this morning, I don't know if you're dealing with anxiety I don't know if you're dealing with stress. I don't know if you're dealing with just a quarantine brain. I don't know if you're even coming to this conversation knowing who Jesus is. But can I just tell you right now, Jesus made himself known as a father, as a friend, and as a healer for each one of us. He's going to love you no matter what. That's his father. He's a friend. He's with us in all situations, and he's a healer. He wants to bring peace in your life. Now, if that sounds like something that you want in your life and you don't have it right now, I'm gonna ask you to say a simple prayer with me. See, the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. You have the opportunity this morning to step into eternity with us because we believe that Jesus is coming again. There is going to be an end to, their, to your anxiety. There is a stop to this spiral, even if it's not earthly. God's coming again. And there's not going to be anxiety in heaven. Amen. There's going to be a deep peace, an aggressive peace, this peace that reaches out and grabs you and holds you for eternity. Yep. If you want to pray that prayer with me, I invite you to bow your heads for just a second and repeat after me. Say, Father, I invite you into my life. Be my savior and be my healer. Take away the things that I have done wrong, the things that you call sin. Make me more like you. Amen. Hey, if you just said that prayer for the first time, every week we do this, but I want to welcome you to the kingdom of God. Come on, guys, give it up for those who are praying that for the first time. That's so awesome. I'm so proud of you. Hey, would you do me a favor? Make sure that you reach out and, and let us know that you made that decision. You can do it by filling out the connect card or, or send us like a heart emoji on the chat right now. One of us will reach out to you. We had somebody uh, accept Christ last week and we got to hear about it later on in the week. And we are just so excited that God is expanding his kingdom through this time. Yeah, but I also don't want to leave those of us who know God as our Lord and Savior in a state of anxiety and, and just say, we just have to rejoice. I want you to hear the loop one more time that when you pray, it builds your hope. That when your hope begins to build, your faith gets stronger and your faith causes you to pray more. That's something that I want you to focus on this week. Begin to invite Jesus into those times to help you build hope so he can build your faith so that your prayers can get bigger because guys, we've got a long way to go. We've got a lot of things that God wants to do. And I believe the biggest influence that Legacy Church is going to have is still in front of us. Yep, yep I, believe it. I believe the biggest influence that the kingdom of God is going to have is still in front of us. I think this entire scattering of the church is, is a beautiful picture of what God wants us to be doing in the first place. Get out and serve people. We're going to have some opportunities for you this next week to, to get involved in some outreach um, and focus on others because a lot of times that's the best way to get rid of your anxiety is focus on others. Yeah. 
uh, spend time with other people. And, and in this time of social distancing, uh, we want to make sure that we're still uh, building a community. And so we're going to serve some others in some creative ways this week, and we'll let you know more about that. But I do want to pray with those of you who are struggling with anxiety, with depression, with fear and doubt, because I think God's got something to say to all of us. And I hope you guys are enjoying this sermon series. Are you guys enjoying it so far? Yeah. Sure. Good. Is it helping you? Yeah. Good. Good. Father, I pray right now your peace, your aggressive, overwhelming, completely uncomprehendable peace over every single person who's watching. Father, that you would begin to show us in ways that only you can, that you are in control, that you're taking care, that your peace is coming into our lives. Father, I pray that we would surrender our hopes to you. But God, that we would start to get our hopes up, that we would hope for healing in our lives, that we would pray towards healing in our lives, that we would hope for things that we haven't been able to hope for because anxiety has crippled us and kept us from, from praying for. So God, you know the prayers of my heart that I've been praying, and I pray that you would build the faith of every person, that they could begin to pray huge prayers for you because you love working with us. So Father, we, we offer you this time. We say thank you for the words that you've given to us. We praise you and all uh, of God's people said together. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. And special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description below to give now, or you can go to LegacyChurch.online for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, take a screenshot, share it on your social stories, and tag us at Legacy Church Tustin. Thanks again for listening. God bless.